1: Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis. And it's hard to believe that we're into six months of 2019 already. And last month, we had a record month for listeners. So I'd like to thank all our listeners. And we do have listeners all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And welcome back to our returning listeners. And if you're new, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the globalization, digital transition, and the connected world and how it's having an effect on our organizations and what kind of impact this is having to the leadership styles that we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. You can also please listen to us live on Tuesdays on Voice America Business at 3 p.m. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to contact me, Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to get a mail from you. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless of your business, international, or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful either for your business or yourself. Now, we're on to today's episode. In today's episodes, we're going to talk about business improvement. And we're going to talk about coaching and how coaching can help business improvement. And our guest today, our guest expert, is a coach, has started a business, and is has a worldwide franchise for business coaching. Our guest today is Brad Sugars, and he started the company Action Coach brand in 1993 in Brisbane, Australia. Today, the company is ranked as the leading business consulting franchise by Entrepreneur Magazine. Action Coach operates in over 70 countries and has more than 1,000 coaches around the world, coaching 15,000 businesses every week. Now, his franchise has received numerous awards, including fastest growing franchise, franchise satisfaction, overall company, best overall company, and has been named the number one business coaching franchise in the world every year since 2004. Now, using coaching strategies that have developed Thousands of companies around the world, Brad Sugars and his executive team help lead Action Coach and its coaches to some of its most profitable and best years ever. In the face of challenging economic conditions, Brad Sugars and his team continue to build business re-education and to help move and motivate companies. He's also an author. He has a series of books on business And this series is called the Instant Success Business Series, which covers subjects from coaching to cash flow. And this is available on Amazon. He is also the author of Pulling Profits Out of the Hat, Adding Zeros to Your Company is Not Magic. And this book helps companies understand how to manage their businesses to increase profits. So, Brad, thanks so much for taking time. Welcome to the show. Why, Kimberly I love being here this was fantastic. (laughs) Okay so Brad let's just start with your story okay I mean everybody has kind of a story behind coaching and you have a quite unique one so how did you how did you get into this how did you get interested in this?
2: You know I think it was purely by accident as a young man I was in uh, doing business in my own businesses and Uh, I for some reason I was having great success and all of a sudden people said well can you come and talk about this and it was like okay I'll I'll give a talk about this and magically I fell in love with speaking on stage maybe it was my debate classes in high school or something (laughs) you know but I fell in love with being on stage and teaching and all of a sudden at the end of speeches people would come up and say can you help me can you can you help or can you consult with us I was like listen I don't have the time I'm running my own businesses and I'm trying to do these speaking things maybe if you call me every week I can coach you through a few things and Mm -hmm. by throwing that word out there all of a sudden you know here we are 26 years later uh, coaching businesses in most parts of the world we just opened in Russia so that's kind of cool too.
1: Oh wow, that, that that's really interesting. So, so it was that word co- help me, coach me with this, okay? That that got you started, and um, I'd like to just talk about that for a little bit because uh, the, our, we have a lot of listeners out there. Out there, and coaching has so many different meanings, okay? And there seems to be such a confusion around coaching. So, how how do you know what coaching is, you know? And what how do you define define coaching yourself?
2: Yeah. Look, I go back to when we first started and people were saying, so you're a coach. Is that like consulting? I was like, yeah, well, it's kind of like that. And so the evolution of the industry or the profession has been that people now understand that um, it's no longer about, well, you're failing, so you need a coach. It's now about, okay, you're doing good. You want to do great. You need to get a coach. And, uh, I compare it with sport because I guess that's the one thing where most people, but then singers have coaches, you know, actors have coaches. So everyone gets a coach when they want to perform better because I guess there's three reasons coaching works. One, the coach brings a set of knowledge you don't have. Two, the the coach is on the outside looking in and they can see the forest for the trees, you know, where you Mm. can't see things in your own business. And the third is just a level of accountability that it's very
1: hard to give yourself. I mean, it's hard to be accountable to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this, you talked about this stigma and, you know, coaching used to have 10 years ago, 20 years ago, oh my gosh, they need help. They can't do anything. Okay. And now it's really shifted to performance enhancement, I would mm-hmm. say. So do you see that shift kind of worldwide or there's still a little bit of that stigma out there in some places? I'm, I'm pretty certain that there's a
2: stigma certainly in some places but I see it moving dramatically especially in the highest levels of corporates you know I see you know some entrepreneurs still struggle with it because some entrepreneurs feel like to take on a coach I'm admitting that I'm not good enough or I'm admitting that I can't do this on my own and Yes, you're correct, and that's where see executives know they can't do it on their own because that's the whole point of their business being big. They know they need a team, they know they need mm-hmm. to build teams, so I think there is still a little bit of it, but less and less of the higher the level of business
1: we get into mm-hmm. yeah and there are there are different kinds of coaching too, okay, if we can talk about a little bit about that because I know in your company you do you know there's the individual coaching because you talk about executives you know. Actually, needing a coach because you know I, the way I see it, Brad. Sometimes it's just lonely at the top, and you need somebody. (laughs) You
2: know, I've I've often quoted the fact that business ownership is the loneliest job in the world. If you're a C-level exec or or an owner of a business and entrepreneur, I think that you realize that there's very few people you can chat with about the problems in what's going on on a day to day. So, yeah, if we look at it, I break it down into um, there's there's Executive coaching, which is about making you a better exec, you know, how do I get Mm. better at leadership, better at all of the areas of business, in fact, then there's corporate business coaching, which is where um, the latest book really pulling profits goes into that stuff where we sit down with a, a team of execs or a single exec and say, how do you grow this corporation? And then there's business coaching, where we work with the entrepreneur to help them grow that particular business and to become a better
1: business owner or a better entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And what about team coaching? Do you work with teams also? Um, Yeah, we...
2: I, I think when you look at teams and today we live in a world where it's now documented, it's probably always been the case, but it's now documented that we have the lowest levels of employee engagement ever. Now, some would say that's the fault of, you know, well, this, this generation of millennials, they're the worst generation ever. Hang on. I remember when my generation was called the worst generation ever and, and I was chatting with someone who was raised in the sixties the other day and I said, hang on, your generation was the worst generation ever. Apparently. You know, so we see we see that happening, but I don't see it as a generational challenge. I see it as we're now documenting what levels of employee en- engagement is. So we have a whole engagement program that we take into corporates or into small businesses that help them bring the humans. Uh, and we don't use technology for that. We use humans because it's hard to bring an employee or an empl- a human being to be engaged by using technology. It just doesn't
1: work. Mm-hmm. And speaking of technology, I mean how does that affect everything? I mean you have and when we're talking about teams, we have so many virtual teams today um you know we have people sitting in 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 India, in Canada, in in Berlin and U.S. I mean, how how does that work? Are you yeah. able to coach those? Absolutely. You know, technology has made that even easier than
2: it ever has been. I know my board meetings run on on Zoom most times because everyone's all over the world. It doesn't matter where you are. It's like we don't change the schedule based on travel. We just do it on that time. And doesn't matter where you are in the world. That's the way it is. I think that true tech, we, we can either get beaten by technology or we can use technology to our advantage. It's really up to you to choose which way you, you go about it. And I know for us in our businesses, we've used technology in such a way that it has sped up everything to what we're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And when companies come to you now, Brad, uh, because, I mean, the, the kind of leadership we need has changed. We're working at, um, you a know, worldwide economy is there, is there a theme that you're seeing as far as companies, a need, like a thematic need that's coming across? Is it team building? Is it how to work with technology? Is it, you know, are you seeing anything kind of consistent today? Yeah,
2: I, I guess what I'm seeing, and one of the things we did, and it took us two years to build this book, Pulling Profits Out of a Hat, because we are looking at exponential growth businesses and how they actually continue year-on-year-on-year on year on year growth and what we found was there's five core disciplines and what we're noticing is that depending on the expertise of the executives or the entrepreneur we're seeing about three of those disciplines being strong in companies and the other two needing work. And it's mm-hmm. different in every business because if the exec came from a marketing background, of course, they're going to have strength in business development. They're probably pretty good with people as well. And they might be strong on the mission side of it, but maybe they're lacking in the execution or in the strategy side of business. So mm-hmm. depending upon that exec or that entrepreneur we see that there's a rounding out is probably the biggest thing we're noticing. How do
1: we round this thing out for the for that team? Yeah, well, that makes sense because I mean you uh, and even a leader can't be good at everything, and you know you try to surround your people with you know fill those holes, but that makes sense and just we're going to take a short break in a minute, but I have one more question before we do that, just on general coaching. How long do these relationships usually last okay so if you're going into a company or you're dealing with the individual you know um, eventually, people have to stand on their own, on their, you know, on their own two feet. So, is it a year? Is it two years? Or does it really vary? It's a forever. Um, it's a forever. But-
2: the, the reality of it is, and you look at a sporting team, how long do you want them to have a coach? Well, right. As long as you want them winning, I guess, is the thing. Because it's not necessary that the coach is there to get you to a certain phase. Because sometimes you've got to get a business from drowning to actually floating. Sometimes it's from floating to now actually being a decent um, and moving forward. And other times it's, hey, we're doing good. We need to do amazing You know, I I said I chat with my buddy Mark the other day. He coaches Pinterest and Google and these companies because it doesn't matter how big or how great you are. You still can't see the forest for the trees. You still need Mm -hmm. accountability and you're still going to need to keep learning because, dang, we live in a world where if you're not learning, your business is dying. That's that's the simple fact behind it. Hence why I, you know, I recommend everyone. I love listening to your podcast. I think everyone should subscribe and listen every single every single time.
1: Mm -hmm. great okay Brad we're going to take we're going to take a short break and when we come back I want to I really want to talk about your business itself in this franchise because I think it's an amazing business model and can be an example for for a lot of other businesses and uh, for our listeners today Uh, We are talking with Brad Sugars, and he started the company Action Coach, or the brand Action Coach, in 1993 in Brisbane, Australia. And today, the company is ranked as the leading business coaching franchise by Entrepreneur Magazine. Actually, Action Coach operates in over 70 countries and has more than 1,000 coaches around the world, coaching 15,000 businesses every day every week. And he is also the author of Pulling Profits Out of the Hat, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Adding zeros to your company is not magic is not is not magic which helps companies understand how to manage their businesses he's also the author of a series called instant success series a series of business books about everything from coaching to cash flow now you can connect with Brad under wwwactioncoach.com or wwwbradsugars.com And he's also on LinkedIn under Brad Sugars. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, CEO and leadership business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
3: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders at
1: gmail.com now back to this week's program welcome back to leadership beyond borders on voice america's business channel and today we're speaking with brad sugars who started the brand and the company Action Coach in 1993 in Brisbane, Australia? Today, the company is ranked as the leading business coaching franchise by Entrepreneur Magazine. Now, Brad, before, before the break, we kind of just were talking about coaching in general and, and, and getting a picture of, of what's going on in the world, of the business world, and what are the attitudes toward coaching. So, I'd like to talk a little bit more about action coach itself because you took coaching and you made coaching and your ideas of coaching into a franchise so can you talk about how you came up with that with that idea and how it works
2: Yeah, look, I go back to when I first started this business, the strategy I had was really not well thought out. It was people came to me and asked me to give speeches. So I just started giving speeches. And all of a sudden, I found myself doing 200 speeches a year somewhere in the world and spending 200 plus room nights in hotels, more than 200 flights. And after two years of that, I sat down and I I remember I was in uh, Auckland, New Zealand. And I sat down with myself and said, This is dumb. You know, you're a (laughs) businessman. What are you doing working for a job when you should be creating a business here? And, uh, you know, it's I would always teach my definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. And I was doing the exact opposite for myself. And so I really sat down and said, what's the strategy I'm using here? And that's where I turned to an entirely different way of building a franchise. And in those days, white collar franchising really didn't exist. Maybe, Mm. uh, you know, Jackson Hewitt, maybe a couple of the tax ones, but that was really it. And so we we had to rebuild an entire industry because people are often struggling when they sit down and they're, you know, if they're an artist or a dentist or a doctor or something and saying, well, how do this business just revolves around me and my skills? And that's what I had to then sit back and say, how do I develop this into an organization? And so by turning to franchising and setting a vision of world abundance through business re-education, I started to attract some of the best of the best people and as you well know, the reason my business is successful is I've built a great team of people who build the business for me. It's not about me; it's about them and how well they do and the great work they do every single day, helping execs and entrepreneurs achieve great results.
1: Mm-hmm. And and so, did you build a model behind this? Because I know I know you have the series um, Instant Success Series, which which when I look at that seems quite modular on. You no know, you start with um the business coach and then you have you have books on on cash flow advertising all kinds of things is there yeah. Is there a model behind b- behind the actual business coaching yeah
2: yeah look when I sat down uh, and wrote the business coach we 'd actually coached thirteen thousand business people to success by that time and said and and we looked at it and said this is the model this is the system or I like to refer to it more as a recipe this is the recipe of mm-hmm. how business succeeds. and so we took people through that recipe and if there's long as I guess most entrepreneurs never learn the recipe let alone how to impl- implement it and how to actually do it they're just too busy running around every day and then as we gradually build through and we start seeing, and that's where the, the new book, Pulling Profits, takes it to now, how do executives now do the exact same thing? What's the recipe for a corporation or an organization to actually build their growth? And mm-hmm. so it's it, it always... I guess my thing is I, I'm trained as an accountant and my thing is always very logical thinking is what is the step-by-step? Step? What's the system behind this? And so by building it that way, people can really learn it. And I guess, uh, you know, one of my greatest mentors, I never got to meet him personally, Buckminster Fuller, and, and Bucky would always teach models and artifacts. And he says, if you're going to teach something, create a model so that people mm-hmm. can understand it real easy. And that's really, I guess, the simplest way to describe how I took my knowledge because when you're teaching, the hardest thing to do is to remember. Well, how do I actually do that? To try and break it down and teach someone else to do what's just in your head—that that's a
1: challenge sometimes. Mm, yeah, that re- that really is. What you you said your first was the your first book was the business coach, and that that kind of started as a foundation of this recipe.
2: Yeah. Look, the fir- any- Actually, the first book was instant cash flow because ah. most of what I had to do with people in the beginning was all about helping them make some money because money. they, okay, you didn't have the right people in your company, but you can't afford the right people. You didn't have systems in your company. Your execution was bad, but you don't have money to afford that. So right. in the beginning I had to help people and I taught a formula, the five ways for multiplying business profits. And, uh, that was 20 something years ago now that I started teaching that. And all of a sudden people started making money and then they could learn the other aspects of it. So it's kind of fun how, when you go into some businesses, the only solution is money and other businesses, the only solution is to change the people because they've got the money. They're just too busy.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was there, was there any, do you, any story or a situation can you can remember? that was kind of like an aha situation. Is it, Oh, you know, or, or like this enlightening, you know, uh, contract that you had that kind of changed the direction or or helped the direction at all. You know,
2: it's interesting because I'm an entrepreneur day in day out. I buy companies every. I probably buy two or three companies every year. Uh, or a major share in that. And what I've found is that everything that I learned by building the businesses really then transferred into what I taught. So I remember buying a, my dog food business and um, you know, getting into dog food and all of a sudden learning so much about the actual expansion of the business and then building and selling that I think that that's where it really taught me that the number one job is to build an asset, to build something mm-hmm. that is a saleable item. And that's where you know, too many businesses are not available for sale because they're just not a saleable asset. And mm-hmm. you know, as an exec or as an entrepreneur, you got to realize that building that asset. And and I teach every entrepreneur the first goal they should set is to set the date by which the business will run without you. If it doesn't run without you, you you've not built a business. You built a job, and you work for a crazy person. Um, mm-hmm.
1: That's that's the basics of that <laughs> of
2: that thinking. You know, so. Mm.
1: Oh, That's good. So let's let's come back to to the the franchise to Action Coach for a minute. Um, you know how how do you find your people? Okay, and and you know how do you get your partners? Okay.
2: Yeah, great question. You know, and again, this varies all around the world, but what we find is that wherever someone's in transition, this is the same as any marketing. When people are in transition and they're looking, so when they're out hunting, where are they going to be hunting? Well, they're going to turn to LinkedIn because they're looking for maybe a new job or other job sites because they're looking for a new job. They're going to be turning to websites about, you know, what is, how, how do I change my career or, you know, career things? And that's a very big start of it. The other is we actually find people that, Uh, again through LinkedIn through other methodologies where we look for people that we think would make amazing coaches and so we reach out to them and say hey what are you doing to become a great could you be a great coach and we find that methodology of people that you know they've always thought that this would be a good career path for them but our challenge is to put it in front of them in such a way and say hey would you like to be a partner in our firm And, and we often find that that works as well. Mm -hmm.
1: And are there certain experiences or characteristics that you look for when you're out looking for those people?
2: You know, there is one number one characteristic of what helps us find great team members for us as coaches, and that is they love helping people. If Mm -hmm. they don't have a if they don't have a desire and a passion and a love to help others. Like we've I've even had people come from a nursing background or a school teacher background, college teachers that come in and become great coaches because at the core, they love helping people, the The data or the systematic methodology can be taught. What can't be taught is that love and that passion for it. I still, it always reminds me whenever I talk about finding great people, I was 20 or 21. I said to my dad, you know what, dad, I just can't get good people. And he looked me dead in the eye. And he said, Brad. You get the people you deserve, and you're mm-hmm. an average manager running an average business. Highest caliber of employee you're going to get is average. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks, Dad. Really, really appreciate the advice. Um, you know, It stung at the time, but what it brought me to was a, a very clear realization. Until
1: you become a great leader, don't expect great people to want to work for you. So uh, yeah, that's true, absolutely true, and and wanting to help people is key. I agree with you. So now you get these people, Brad. Okay, and it's a little bit different. This kind of franchise is a little bit different than a McDonald's, where you know have the the uh, state quality control coming in and looking at it. How do you how do you guarantee or how do you keep the standards within? These individual franchises, because obviously talking to you, you have very high standards. Action Hill has very high standards. How do you ensure that stays pretty equal in the same experience, whether it's in Brisbane or it's in Berlin? Yeah, three things. Uh, number one,
2: train, train, and train. Uh, You've got to train them to within an inch of their life. People cannot outperform their training. That's always been the case in business. Mm-hmm. The second one is customer feedback, always doing customer feedback. Uh, we do quarterly customer surveys, and we do annual net promoter score, and um, we make certain that our coaches are doing uh, their, their job very, very well in that uh, particular thing. And the third is back to recruiting. If you recruit people who already have massively high standards, uh, it doesn't take a lot to get them to want to be to the standards that we put out there into the marketplace
1: mm-hmm. and and when you' when the, these people have the franchises, so does each franchise do everything um, from individual coaching to business coaching, or um does it vary? Uh, it does vary majority
2: do the mo- do almost everything uh, and the reason for that is that they build a team of coaches so one mm. organization may have a team of coaches that has an executive and a corporate coach and an engagement coach you know as well as small business coaches so they, they each team will have a variance on their team as to people that work in with different groups and right down to the smallest of small businesses you know our our group program started a hundred dollars a month for the smallest of small businesses and um, for the biggest of big businesses, our corporate coaching programs go in house with them. So, yeah, each team is designed to offer all of the different programs.
1: hmm hmm And and a question question when we're talking about these standards, and and it sounds like you know you do a lot of training, so that that the standards of, across the world are the same standards you're setting there in your headquarters, and very good. And then there's external. I mean, there's a lot of There's a lot of stuff in the market, okay, and it's hard to weed out the good stuff from the bad stuff, okay. And I know in individual coaching, you know, um, International Coach Federation has tried to put standards in, but even those standards vary by country by country, which I've seen myself. Um, How do you feel about standards? Do you have your own internal standards? You said you do some measurements, um, and and do you think that? Coaching should be somehow measured or certified.
2: Yeah, look, every profession as it gets older, and if we just look at professions that have gone before us, uh, legal, accounting, architecture, financial services, financial planning all of these go through a phase of becoming more professional and and the standards being implemented across the world. And I I see that it will eventually get to that phase as, as every profession has. And I think that we have them internally within our organization. So we try and hold our people to a standard way above any of the external standards that are out there in the marketplace. And, you know, despite the fact that there's many groups out there in the world, it's yet to come together as one organization. And I think that, you know, ultimately, business coaches, the the level of success that they get is determined by the client. Mm -hmm. The client stays with you. And that's why for us, we look at certain measures that tell me of a performance level of a coach. And. Two of those are external measures being what's the increase in community uh, revenue that they bring. So if we're coaching a hundred businesses, how much more revenue is in the market because of our coaching, how much do we improve those companies and how many jobs are created in those companies because of our coaching. They're the sort of the external. Then internally, obviously we look at retention of clients, client satisfaction, all of those things. So, you know, I, I, I guess like every profession, this is one that's growing. And when I first started, there was no profession. It was just, Mm -hmm. you know, we were 26 years ago when no one had even heard of it, all because I read a funny little book or a great little book called the uh, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by Trout and Reese, which said, (laughs) hey. If you're not number one in a category, invent a new category.
1: <laughs> that's true. I've heard that. Good. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So, Brad, we're going to take another break, okay? And um, when we come back, I want to talk about your book, okay? Um, uh, and about pulling profits out of a hat because I think I read the book and it's really interesting. And for our listeners... We are talking with Brad Sugars, who started Action Coach. It's a company brand, and he started that in 1993 in Brisbane. And today, the company is ranked as the leading business coaching franchise by Entrepreneur Magazine. He's also author of Pulling Profits Out of the Hat. And that's what we're going to talk about after the break. And this book helps companies understand how to manage their businesses to increase profits. He's also the author of the Instant Success series that has books from business coaching to cash flow. You can connect with Brad at www.actioncoach.com. You can also go to his website, bradsugars.com, and on LinkedIn under Brad Sugars. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Or you can also contact me through the Search and Information Industry Association of Europe at Kimberly at cinda.com. And they are one of our sponsors of this show. So join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, or go to my website, www.leadershipbeyondborders.net, and get in contact with me. And with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about Brad's book.
3: From the boardroom to you voice america business network are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines voice america business network the bottom line in business
0: you are listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond borders at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders
1: at gmail.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are talking with Brad Sugars, who started Action Coach, the company and the brand, in 1993 in Brisbane, Australia. Today, the company is ranked as one of the leading business coaching franchises by Entrepreneur Magazine. Now, Brad, we've talked... um, about coaching in general and helping businesses. And then we talked a little bit about your franchise. And you're also an author. And we referred to the Instant Success Series, which is a series of, of books from business coaching to cash flow. But you also have a book out called Pulling Profits Out of the Hat. And I'd like to talk a little bit about this book. Um, so what, what pushed you to write this book?
2: Uh, You know, I was sitting at lunch with a friend of mine who's a a C-level exec, very large corporation. He says, you know, some days it just seems like magic the way these companies make money. It just seems like magic the way Ikea and Amazon. (laughs) And I said, you know, you don't seriously believe that, do you? And he said, well, it seems like magic. And so that got me an idea. I said, you know, I've got to teach people that it's not magic. There is a systematic methodology behind companies that have exponential growth or year-on-year-on-year growth without dips, without falls, you know, so it was It was really a bit of making fun of my friend at first, and then uh, it really turned into a very serious project. Two years later, we released the book, 390-something pages, almost three pounds of book, and uh, when it arrives on your doorstep, you know it, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> so, so when you're talking to your friend and you're talking about this uh, systematic way that business do make money... And I know in your book you're talking about, you know, the disciplines behind that Mm. and and five – so can you talk about that? Because, you know, there have to be disciplines in a systematic way. So what are those?
2: So what we did is we went and took a look at our, our clients. I grabbed one of my top coaches in the world, Monty Wyatt, who's my co-author, and said, let's look at our top clients that are growing massively and what is it that they're doing. And you're talking companies that are growing from 20 million to 200 million or 100 million mm-hmm. to 300 million, that sort of growth rate. And so what we found is there's five core disciplines, the discipline of strategy, discipline of business development, discipline of people, discipline of execution, and the discipline of mission. And we use the word discipline because it's not something you get right once and then you can say, oh, we got that right.
1: It's something you have to stay with. And it's a
2: core discipline of the organization.
1: Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about those a little bit. Okay, let's start with strategy because, I mean, that's, that's a word that bounces around in every corporate oh, yeah. office, okay? You know, we have a strategy, we have a strategy and, and 90% of the time they don't have a strategy. So yeah. most uh, of what? the time,
2: <laughs> I describe most of them as they have a tactic, not a strategy, you know? <laughs> right. Facebook advertising, yeah, it's a tactic. That's not a strategy. The strategy is the core. There's four main points to strategy. Number one being leverage. And my definition of leverage is do the work once, get paid forever and so you look at a corporate strategy and say are you bringing on clients that stay with you forever you're doing work once and stay or at an entrepreneur's level are they doing owner's work versus employee's work you do the work once and get paid once that's an employee's work you do the work once and get paid long term that's an executive or an entrepreneur or an owner's level work and if we look at that as what's a simple example of that um, well, let's take Apple as a simple example when Steve Jobs came back to Apple he had to go from a strategy of build a computer once sell it once so he went into the music business where uh, literally they didn't even make the songs and and I mean yeah. that's where Steve Jobs' genius is don't even do the work and make money off it forever um, mm-hmm. you know they that's the thing they went into a leverage business where you, you can sell it forever type thing and yeah. I, I remember of people learning that. Then you go to scalability. That's the second part of strategy. Right. How fast can you scale? And you mentioned uh, technology earlier. Well, in scale these days, and again, its definition is the next sale costs less and is easier. Um, but with scale, the simple thing that I've found is that if a business needs human interaction, then scalability is tough. Mm -hmm. And that's where you look at even a simple example like Uber. What did Uber do? Uber took the technology that was already available and and just took human beings out of the process of getting a car. I mean, it's like taxi, you had to make a phone call. Then from the phone call, they had to make a call on the radio waves and so on. And, you know, the technology was already there. It's just Uber removed that. And so the scale was very easy. Uh, I think then you look at the third and fourth parts, and that is opportunity size and marketability. You know, too many businesses today stay in a geographic area that's defined. And as you keep telling everyone, it's a global world we live in today. And if you're not doing business in India, you're crazy. If you're not doing, you know, these are some of the things we have to look at there. And then fourth is the, uh, is the marketability. Does the product or service sell itself or do I have to? It's like I live here in Las Vegas and uh, you got a great example, Zappos. There's a company that went from zero to a billion in sales inside 10 years selling shoes, People already Mm -hmm. buy it. They already know they want it. They already have a budget for it. They just wanted an easier, better way of buying shoes. And that's what Zappos delivered. So to me, that strategy, the business model, Mm -hmm. the expansion model, the product model is more of a strategy that's core behind it than the actual tactic of the day-to-day
1: of how we do things. Okay. And, and so on the strategy, I'm going to kind of skip to one of your other five, to mission, because people get those mixed up a lot. Yeah. So, but what, what, how do you see the difference between the strategy and the mission?
2: The, strategy is the is the core thinking behind the business. The mission is where I like to use the word love. Um, Mm -hmm. And and people in business don't like the word love, but I think you have to mission is about what's the mission of the organization. And does it bring customers who love buying from you? Does it bring team members who love coming to work? And and that's really the core of how you do that, Mm -hmm. how you develop a mission that brings the word love to the forefront Mm -hmm. is of vital importance out there. and, and. Too many businesses and too many corporations are so busy trying to think about the product and the customer service, they forget that if you're not breeding love, then you're not breeding repeat business and repeat business equals profit. And you're not bringing referrals where there's more profit and you're not getting that raving fan who's posting everything on their social media and telling the world about you. So the mission is, is very much at core of what you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. And and that has when well, if I'm kind of looking at your 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 five disciplines, so you get the mission and the strategy, and then you talk about business development, which maybe in a nutshell, some people say that's sales. Okay, so you know yeah. what what what's what. What do people have to get right in business development?
2: Well, biz, let's first of all define it a bit broader than yeah. sales. It's sales, yeah. marketing, and customer service mm-hmm. because your biz, Devin, again, business development's real easy if your business isn't growing. If you're just replacing mm-hmm. lost customers here and there, you're right, you can just do sales. You don't have to really worry about all the other mm-hmm. stuff. But if you want a massive growth business, then you actually have to be strong in the disciplines of sales, strong in the disciplines of marketing. You know, and marketing is about them coming to you in droves, not about mm-hmm. you going to them. And if they're not chasing you down, then your marketing isn't working. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's a simple fundamental behind all of it. You know, the, the Apple stores would not work if they didn't have great marketing driving people in droves, right. if they didn't have a mission that got people loving their business. So mm-hmm. it's, it's an interesting analogy to look at. But yeah, business development is core around those three areas. And again, in the
1: book, we go into a lot of detail around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the the last two are are people and execution. And I always kind of put them uh, in one sentence. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Some people like to put them together. I like Like, to split them out because even if I just break it down to the two most basics, like execution comes down to like your systems, your planning, your management of the day to day, you know, and unfortunately management became a dirty word somewhere in the mid nineties. It was kind of crazy. The last bestseller on management was, now we have all these books on execution because we don't have any management. It's kind of crazy <laughs> in that way, but you know, here we are. But then people side of it, what we all must know in business is this – If you don't build your people, they can't build your business. And uh, I said this right at the start of our interview today, you know, how you recruit, induct, train, manage, mentor, lead, coach your humans, how you even find the humans to work in your business. That to me is at the core center of whether your business is growing or not. And, you know, I was given a speech recently and someone said to me, but Brad, when I train my people, they leave. And I said, yeah, and if you don't, they stay. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, he didn't get the joke of it, of course. He, he said, they're going, no, it's not funny. Well, I don't want them to leave. You know, it's like it was, you got to build a company where you train great people, but you also got to build a mission where they love being there and want to be a part of something that's phenomenal. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a very big part of it. So, yeah, those five core disciplines, how to do all those. And that's why we took 300 and some odd pages to build the book. How to do all of that is real important, not just what to do.
1: Okay, and um, and so these five, and in your book you talk about how to do these, and then you, you, there's one other thing that you talk about um, that I noticed in your book, and you talk about you, you have these disciplines, you're putting this all together, but you also have to have an emotional um, connection to your business. Don't oh, you? look, yeah. yeah.
2: I I said the word love before, and I'm sure some people went, love in business? That's just weird. Look, without emotive connectivity, without an emotional connection to the business, without the leadership having a passion for what we do, without the people in the organization feeling that way, a business doesn't ever get that special spark. You know, there's, you've seen so many companies try and imitate Southwest Airlines, but they can't imitate the culture. They can't right. do it. You've had massive airlines with massive amount of money trying and imitate that, you know, the, the low cost airline, but they just can't get there. And they've had to shutter them years later at massive losses. Why? Because they just don't get that emotional connectivity that, that other companies get. And so- Yeah, mission, people, biz, dev, strategy, and execution. You put them all together, the magic happens, and you start adding zeros to the bottom line of your
1: business. Great. So we're getting towards, Brad, that was really enlightening, and we're getting towards the end of our show. So we have a lot of execs, um, executives listening. We have a lot of middle management listening. We've talked about everything from from coaching to these five disciplines to to help improve your business. If you had, with all your experience, if you had – just one or two messages one concrete message you would want to say to to all the business people listening what would that be
3: dang
2: Dang,
0: Make it tough. I you know, it's like, yeah, you
2: did. After all those easy questions, you hit me with that one. Because to boil, I mean, really to boil it down to one or two is tough. I guess the first yeah. first one I would say is business doesn't get easier. You got to get better at business. And that goes for you, your team, all your organization. You know, don't buy a book for one person, buy it for every single person and, and have everybody learning on the same page. I would say that's sort of the first thing I, I remember as a young man, uh, e. James Rowan, Jim Rowan, learning from him one thing, he said to me, son, work harder on yourself than you do on your business and you'll always be a success. So I've read a book a week from then on until now. And I just keep reading and keep writing and keep teaching. Um, I probably guess the other message is um, business is a long term game um, and thinking longer term is far better. And probably the third is go faster, go faster. Mm-hmm. Stop going slow for the sake of going slow. Stop slowing down. Get faster at what you're doing. The world is moving faster and you got to keep ahead.
1: Great tips for our executives. So, Brad, thank you so much. Um, It's been enlightening. And for our listeners, we've been talking with Brad Sugars, who started – The company Action Coach, which is uh, also a very well-known brand, he started that in 1993 in Brisbane, Australia, and today the company is ranked as the leading business coaching franchise by Entrepreneur Magazine. Action Coach operates in over 70 countries and has more than 1,000 coaches around the world, coaching 15,000 businesses every week. The franchise has received numerous awards, including the fastest-growing franchise, franchisee satisfaction, that's a hard word to say, Brad, okay, (laughs) Um, best overall company, and has also been named the number one coaching franchise in the world ever since 2004. Now, please reach out to Brad. You can reach him at www.actioncoach.com. You can also reach him at www.bradsugars.com, and he's also on LinkedIn, Brad Sugars. And Brad, I also noticed that a lot of your franchises all around the world also have their own Facebook pages and LinkedIn pages. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, they're all out there on the market. You know, we 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 do teach marketing, so I guess we gotta be pretty good at
1: it. Yeah. Well (laughs) when I was looking up, I so take a look wherever you're listening for, look in your local area and see if you can find an action coach there. You can also look on Amazon and read some of Brad's books. Instant Success Series is a series of business books from business coaching to cash flow and also the book we just talked about, Pulling Profits Out of a Hat. So once again, Brad, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure.
2: Kimberly, absolute pleasure. Thanks for doing such a great interview.
1: Thanks. And listeners, you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. It's a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and CINDA, the Search and Information Industry Association. A little bit about CINDA. CINDA holds conferences, digital conferences, and our next conference will be held in Lisbon, October 13th to 16th. And you can hear at this conference digital experts from around the world. So sign up under www.cinda.com events. Leadership Beyond Borders, we provide leadership training with a focus on digital transitions and digital agencies. And we have the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. If you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and please tune in to, each, to us each week on Tuesdays, 3 p.m. specific time. And if you just missed that show, go to iTunes, Google Pay, or Stitcher, Stitcher and download us. And with that, thanks for listening, and until next week.